Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast. Living large in New York. I'm your host, Michael Nunez, our co-host today. Dave Anderson. And our producer. William Jeffries. And today, we'll be talking about continuous integration. That's right. It's the peanut butter to the jelly of continuous delivery. Oh, yeah. Uh, We can't talk about, you know, CI without talking about CD. And this is probably going to be a two-part series that we will do because you got you to gotta mash it up all together. We'll be talking about what is continuous integration, what are the benefits, risk, and many other things. Gentlemen, does anyone want to define what is continuous integration before we move forward? Yeah, I can do a definition of continuous integration. Continuous integration is merging your code back into master frequently. The idea is by regularly integrating your code into the shared repository, you get short-lived branches that don't diverge too far from everybody else's code, and therefore you get fewer merge conflicts and fewer bugs. I love not having bugs. That's one of my favorite things. That definitely is one of our favorite things. And the the idea is that you're con- you and your team have all these systems in place that allows a seamless continuous integration like ecosystem for your code base, right? Like you can't wake up, you wake up in the morning and say, all right, we're just going to merge all the time. And like, are you continuous integrating that way? Is that, is that what that would mean or? Yeah, I guess, I guess that's like kind of like the evolution of continuous integration where like at its like most simple thing, if you are continuously bringing everything together in the same place, then you are continuously integrating it. But that doesn't mean that it isn't like a big pile uh, of junk. So there's a lot of like methodologies that people use um, to validate the changes before integrating them automatically that are pretty like inseparable with the whole concept. Yeah, I think when people say CI, they're usually talking about a server, and that server is in charge of taking the code from your branch and running a bunch of tests and lint and whatever other stuff you want to run before you allow somebody to merge it into master. Mm -hmm. And then oftentimes that CI server is also responsible for running the tests uh, after it merges into master and maybe doing a bunch of other stuff, sometimes kind of unrelated stuff Mm -hmm. sometimes your ci server especially (laughs) if it's jenkins turns into like just where you put all kinds of random jobs (laughs) yeah just like a big swiss army knife of groovy scripts Mm -hmm. um yeah but i I guess like a lot of things that the ci server does for you automatically you, you could do yourself locally you could you know, run automatic unit tests and integration tests locally. You could run your lint locally. You could uh, do time checking, like like static analysis. And then you need parallelizing on CI. Yeah, and those computers are so much faster than my 2015 (laughs) MacBook Pro, bro. Just like throw it up to the servers. They got it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess that, that is like kind of, a challenge uh, sometimes with like really big test suites. Like if you have uh, a monolith code base that's grown super huge and uh, maybe 
incorporates like all of the different services that you're you're running so even when you're changing like one little bit you got to run all of the integration tests and all of the unit tests and whatever and then no one wants to run it locally because i have jenkins or i have circle or travis or whatever service you're using to run it like that it's faster just to push it up and you know go for a walk come back see what happened i mean what can we think about a number in which it changes from i could run it on my local machine to let me push it up and have jenkins do it for me like is there a time you guys have in mind like is it three minutes like if the test runs longer than three minutes then it's like i'm i'm running it and i'm going for a walk or like what's that number for you oh man like 10 (laughs) seconds i'm very impatient (laughs) 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 whatever let's let's see i do this like i guess i mean so the other thing is it'll spike your cpu usage it'll spike your memory it'll slow down all of your other applications like if you have notifications (laughs) set up so that you know the build like the build ci tells you when your when your test run is done I'll just run the one test that I'm working on at a time. Maybe the one test file, but running the whole suite, nah. nah. <laughs> this guy's working on a big code base. I can tell. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's just not having it. Yeah. I mean, like in in the ideal world, I, I think for me, if everything's running in under ten minutes, then I'm fine with it. I'm probably not going to run everything all the time, but you know. Hopefully my my editor is running the lint checks and doing formatting and type checking as I'm going, so I don't even need to run that. But maybe I'll run it once. But I, I have I have ended up in situations where like even that is incredibly slow because there's so much code. I think that it needs to be done in the time it takes to make sandwich. Sandwich time. Uh, sandwich and- time. <laughs> And not well, like well, a fancy me, uh, sandwich. I'm talking PB and J. None of this like I, club <laughs> men and madness. Just really going to the metaphor. And what I'm hearing is that William can make a really freaking fast sandwich. Like, <laughs> he's like a ninja just chopping the bread in the air and the peanut butter's getting in there. Maybe he's using goober. Like the combination peanut butter and jelly. Oh my god. <laughs> like a madman. <laughs> not the uh, goober PB and J. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just have PB and J on the brain because I went to a a burger place here in Korea, and they had a, a peanut butter and jelly burger. Oh my! Gosh. Oh my gosh! Wait, and jelly and peanut butter. And yeah, burger. and it was like they they and advertised burger. it as like a peanut butter and blueberry burger, and I was like, "What are you doing? <laughs> this wow. is so upsetting." <laughs> and it was good. I well, I had to buy it because I mean, like it. You can't, you, you can't, can't not try that, right? Yeah, you can't walk by that sign, no. but like, no, like no. you have to, you have to be like, I have experienced that, and then walk on with. So you experienced it, and you, would you get it again? I guess is the question. I would not get it again because it's a sin. But I will admit that even though it was sacrilegious, I did enjoy it. Yeah, I once got a burger that was on two slices of Ilya's pizza. Although I feel like this metaphor is breaking down now. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
right. so in terms of, is that a sandwich? Is that a sandwich? In terms of ridiculous a sandwich. between two slices of pizza. <laughs> I had it. All right. Well, one more burger. One more burger that we'll cover. Ridiculous burger I've had is a burger where the buns are two grilled cheese sandwiches. Oh my god, that's brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> and it was called the Excalibur Burger. The Excalibur oh. Burger. Yes, it was. Wait, great. wait. Okay, well, okay. Those are other podcast episodes. The burger on the the Ilios and the burger on the grilled cheese. But we're talking about burgers with peanut butter and jelly, where the peanut butter is the continuous integration, the jelly is the continuous delivery, and I don't know what the burger is. But uh, deliciousness, yeah, yeah, your code. Your burger is your code, exactly. It's just protein. Yeah, I think we we definitely covered, you know, like the the benefits of like having small, you know, small pieces of work to get it merged in uh, is probably a and and having that system in place so that you can then deliver your code as fast as possible can't happen unless you have the continuous integration portion nailed down. Is anyone here familiar with setting up continuous integration in their projects before? Yeah, I've done yeah, it a couple of times. That. Yeah. Because I've only been lucky enough to join a team that already had it. And like a part of me has been thinking of just like tearing it up. Just like, yeah, I'm just going to delete this and then try to do it over. But I don't know if... Uh, if yeah, that's something that I really want to do. Just delete circle.yaml or whatever <laughs> it is and just see if you can arrive at the same place. It's I mean it's not it's not too hard. If you're using like a SaaS solution, then there's often kind of off the shelf configurations that will mostly get you where you need to go. Yeah. I think if you've used a CI C D server before and you know what you want it to do figuring out how to configure it to do that thing is surprisingly intuitive. At least, you know, if you're using one of the mainstream servers. Yeah. And I always, like, I have my checklist where it's like, okay, like I gotta, I gotta run the tests. Like that's, you gotta. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to do the linting, code formatting, maybe type checking. That's like, I think that's like the four things that I really want right off the bat. And then I'll just write the script locally. And then if it works locally, then it's just the next thing to get it to work in, uh, in the CI land. Yeah. I think setting it up to do a deployment is more complicated. Getting it that's just to run your tests and lint and everything. You should, yeah. You could, you could definitely delete your your circle YAML. So my, so just like delete my Travis YAML right now, push to production, and then go to sleep. Is that what you're telling me I should do? <laughs> well, actually, you can. And if you've never made changes to the configuration, uh, like often with any of these services that are running on hooks, like if they're using the configuration that's in the repo then you can make a new branch and run it off of that branch and see what happens when it when ah, you make the changes. Right, 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 right. So just so, like create a new branch and then you know fudging up the the travis.yaml will run the build in that branch only with those configurations. Yeah, you delete it and then it's green and then I don't know. 
you just make it fail for whatever reason and see what happens. Oh. Yeah, pro tip, but, if you ever want to deploy broken code to production, you can always just delete the line in your Travis.yaml <laughs> that runs the tests and push. Right. It'll I mean, use this is, the new Travis definitions. This is the new the hack. You know, you don't just have to delete the test now or just comment it out. Like, oh. you can leave the test there, but just like delete the Travis or the CI <laughs> yes. configuration. Oh, man. Teaching people how to break their systems. That's what we're this all about. This uh, is chaotic evil on the uh, developer <laughs> alignment chart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. And so I do want to touch on, I think we, what I had mentioned before, I had asked the question with the time, you know, how much time would it take if you are impatient and fixing it? And Whatever number I know we we have mentioned, uh, William, you're very impatient. Ten seconds tops. Then you gotta. Get, then you're like just pushing it up to the cloud. Maybe I think five. Maybe five. <laughs> even faster. But I think the <laughs> that may seem like a drawback to having continuous integ- integration by having your test being you know having an extensive amount of tests to make sure that your system is running correctly. But we all agree that the tests are important, regardless of how long they're going to take. And then we'll need to kind of assess how do we make those tests? How do we ensure that we can get those tests happen faster? Uh, It's probably one of the drawbacks that one may have to think about when dealing with continuous integration. But I feel there's so much benefits to having CI, a CI system set up for your engineers so that they can, you know, deliver and ship new features as fast as possible. Yeah, I mean, you just you need to make sure that people aren't accidentally breaking the build. And if it doesn't run automatically, people are going to forget to do it. Somebody's going to merge code that breaks a really critical workflow that you had test coverage over because they forgot to run the tests. Like the only way to guarantee against that is to automate it. Right. And while they, you know, another drawback that I'm thinking of could be cost. Like, I don't, does it cost money to to do a Travis? I think a Jenkins is open source, right? Jenkins is open source. I mean, you if you're going to deploy it to a server, you're still paying for the server. Right. Travis has like a free tier. But I think if your code base is private, which fits for work, it probably is. You're going to have mm-hmm. to pay some nominal amount of money. It's small. It's worth it. Do it. Right. The drawbacks does not outweigh the benefits of the many things you can do when you have continuous integration set up. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the the pricing comparison can get a little bit confusing because like it may not be clear. Like you may pay extra for more features. Like if you're trying to do those parallel builds that will get you over the finish line faster because you have 24 hours of tests. But if you spin up like you know 48 pods and it'll be done in half an hour you're gonna pay a lot more per build most likely yeah and what team size do you think it were it's worth it to parallelize at what team size i mean i feel like if it's just one developer even if the test suite takes like you know 10 hours to run how much benefit do you really get out of parallelizing like you just you don't need to merge as often because there are fewer it's just it's just one or two developers how often do they actually need to merge code how often are there really conflicts 
Yeah, I mean, you might you might end up running into problems with concurrent builds, like because I, I know some services only allow you to have two builds running or four builds running, depending on your plan. You have to put more money into it in order to have more builds running on different branches. So, like, if if people are just pushing up on their branch and waiting for CI to tell them what the state of the world is then they might not get that feedback or you might have to like cancel someone else's build on their branch in order to see what happened with yours. And then, yeah, like you can kind of see that kind of dynamic start to play out a bit more as you scale the team. Like, and as your build build also gets slower, like, you know, if you have a really fast build, then it's probably not going to be a problem, but you know, there's some calculus there. I'm pretty sure like Isaac Newton would have a formula for this. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I have a number either. I just think that the earlier you do it, like the longer you put it off, the more slower the build will get for individuals to be able to run in parallel. So the earlier, the better. So maybe four, like I have in mind, but like that number is in my head, but I don't know. I'm not Isaac Newton. I don't, that just, that number <laughs> just came to me. Four. I'm going to say four. The other thing is the longer you wait to make your tests safe to run in parallel the harder it's going to be to adopt parallelization yeah right you could shoot yourself in the foot with like dependencies that you don't even know exist right so yeah it's always a good thing to to work on optimizing tests i would do it if it was just me because i would be like really frustrated i would i wouldn't want to wait for that build we i'd got, be like Who's, whose fault is this and i'd be like it's mine it me it me <laughs> Or William over here who doesn't want to wait longer than five seconds for a build. <laughs> you gotta do it's it fast. with my cycle time, man. There you go. <laughs> you gotta make a fast sandwich in those five seconds or else. With continuous integration, we have to, you know, continue the continuous movement, I would say. The next step would be the continuous delivery portion. So now you got your code and it's all delivered into and you run your test you run your lint you run your and everything runs well you're using your jenkins or your uh, travis or all any of the other services that are out there but now you need to deliver that bad boy deliver that fresh sweet feature that you're going to give to your customers (laughs) that burger oh yeah that burger when the when the peanut butter hits the jelly and your code is slapped in the middle that burger (laughs) you're going to need some good continuous (laughs) deployment (laughs) <laughs> catch us in on our next episode when we talk about continuous deployment follow us now on twitter at radio free rabbit so we can keep the conversation going like what you hear give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole and never miss an episode subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast on behalf of our producer extraordinaire william jeffries and my amazing co-host dave anderson and me your host michael nunez thanks for listening to the rabbit hole